What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 0-1, but are putting everything behind them as they move forward for the Cleveland Browns with a couple of huge injuries. We'll dive into how they plan to replace their key players in week two and moving forward and some uh, pretty big opportunities for some younger players on this roster on top of a uh, a few words from the head coach that stood out to a lot of people that we got to dive into and a former Pittsburgh Steeler who is pushing to reunite himself in the Steel City. It is a beautiful day. It's crisp. It is yeah. a crisp fall week here in the Berg. How you feeling, my friend? Yeah, don't you love it, man? Like, I, I slept with my windows wide open last night, like, went for a walk. It was... I was chilly. I was. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm the type of guy who loves. I like the cold. I don't like to sweat. So I, I'm, I'm living my best life right now. I hope it stays like this forever. Yeah. I no no. I agree. I agree. There's nothing. There's nothing better than fall. And like, I felt like last week was like fake fall, where you like yeah. woke up in the morning. You're like, ooh, you know, I could toss a sweatshirt on. And then by like eight fifteen, you're like, wow, I'm pouring sweat right now. This is yeah. ridiculous. And then it was like eighty five degrees. Um, fall brings a lot of great things. Football, obviously. Cold weather, obviously. Pumpkin ice coffees, obviously. And the disappearance of these damn lantern flies yeah. that are flying around everywhere. I've I've seen fewer and fewer as the days go on, and it is a uh, it's a beautiful time. But I'm nervous that in the South Side, at some point, and and somebody tweeted at me the other day, shout out, um, that they got off the airport, they landed in Pittsburgh, got off the plane, and realized immediately these things were everywhere. I feel like once they all die, the streets of Southside will just be covered in dead lantern flies oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, like you know that like walkway between uh, the parking lot at the facility and like the main entrance. Yes. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just what it's going to be. That sidewalk is just full of like dead lantern flies. That's just going to be everywhere in Southside. That's going to be yeah. all my whole neighborhood for. I know. For the next month. That's what I think about every time. I'm just like, Stephen's not going to be able to leave his house. Like it's going to be like, it's just going to be a flood. Of lantern flies in the south side of Pittsburgh. It's uh, it's I don't even know what to make of them. It's nothing. It's just they're just the most annoying things right. in the whole world. But hopefully they're gone soon with the emergence of fall and the beginning of football season. Let's dive into some Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to start with Mike Tomlin, who spoke yesterday and had plenty of of things to say. Very few of them positive. You know, he was very open about how the Pittsburgh Steelers sucked. They have to embrace how bad that they sucked. There was he even said at one point, he was like, yeah, there were some positives, but I'm not going to talk about them because there is no need to talk about them. One thing he did say, though, that stuck out with me is he addressed Kenny Pickett and why he believes he's going to back bounce back. ESPN's Brooke Pryor asked Kenny Pickett was pretty clear that he didn't play the way that he wanted to or expected to on Sunday. What about him tells you that he could bounce back and have a better performance on Monday against the Browns? Mike Tomlin said this, quote, just his commitment. You know, there's football justice. When you work at it, man, you generally get good things that come out of this. This is a guy that f is fully committed. This is a guy that works his tail off, and largely, man, those guys create their own fortune. And so that's my general tenure on the trajectory of him and his career. But also, in the short term, it's reasonable to expect guys that work the way that he works and prepares the way that he prepares to bounce back from negative performances individually and collectively, I expect this group to do similar things. Your thoughts on Mike Tomlin 
and his words on Kenny Pickett. Well, I just love the term football justice. I think yeah. that's such a good I, – I, I just really like that. I think, like, you know, just appreciating I, – I, you know, I have no idea if this is necessarily good or effective coaching, but I just – I like the approach, and I like the idea that people who work hard are rewarded for it. I, I just think that's yeah. a – I think that's just a good – good thing to keep in mind that's good like lesson to learn that's a good thing to say to your players and i think that i I do believe mike tomlin at when he says you know good things come to people who earn it and kenny is someone who is working to earn it um you know there are some very uh you know practical and i don't know obvious reasons why you would maybe expect kenny to improve first of all there's his track record you know he hasn't played a game that bad really in his career. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. In his NFL career, at least. And the other thing is they're not going to play the San Francisco 49ers every week. They'll play some good defenses, but they won't play the best defense in the NFL again this year. Um, like more, more than likely. So, but, but I think beyond that, I, I do appreciate Tomlin saying that good things come to those who earn it. And Kenny is a guy who is, is working to earn it. And, you know, everything we've heard about him has, has indicated that he, he does put in the work, you know, it, it, when he is bad, when he has a bad game, it's not for lack of effort uh, or anything. Uh, and I think that's, you know, among all the bad, that is something encouraging. It does, you know, the NFL is so results driven that yeah. like sometimes the process can get lost in all of it. So I, I can have at least an appreciation for recognizing that the process is hard and that Kenny's doing everything he is supposed to do in the wake of a bad performance. Yeah. I uh, look at, I agree. I think that I like, just like you said, I like football justice. I like that Mike Tomlin acknowledged that nobody or at least very few work as hard as Kenny Pickett. And because of that, you have to continue to have faith in this guy. And I think that that's, you know, deserved like at this point, Kenny Pickett has done some things that work really well, but you're kind of questioning where the ceiling is. I think that's how we look at Kenny Pickett, at least how I look at Kenny Pickett right now, is Kenny has done some things very, very good, some things very, very poor. And Mike Tomlin has said, like, hey, he's worked, and what he's alluding to is, like, he's working so hard to take those next steps and to be good at everything, not just the things that he was good at last season. I think my worry is how far you go before you start to push that to the side you know like where do you where do you draw the line of okay like Kenny has been eh for a couple of games now it's got to be not about work ethic and and I'm not going to say that he's going to be that like that because my thing with Kenny Pickett is this and and you know I got to go back and watch the film and I actually watched the game twice after I watched it on Sunday just because I was like I watched it the first time and went wow, that was really bad again, you know, and my notebook was full. And I was like, I got to go back and watch it again because like, I just, you know, I have to really have a detail of why everything was really, really, really bad. And it kind of went down to this, like it looked like Kenny Pickett started over, but the biggest thing was Kenny Pickett is still good at what Kenny Pickett does. Well, my worry is, is Kenny Pickett going to be good at the other things? Like last year, we talked timelessly about how the Pittsburgh Steelers hammered Kenny Pickett. You have to be good at two minute drills. You have to be a winner. You have to be good when it's crunch time. And what did he do in a two minute drill at the beginning or at the end of the first half? 
he went down and scored a touchdown. And it was his best drive of the game, and he looked fluid, and everything looked fine, and the offense looked really good. And the rest of the game, when everything was slower and things weren't moving as quick, he wasn't that good. He actually wasn't good at all. But that also goes to Matt Canada. Does Matt Canada call better plays in those two-minute drills than he does the rest of the game? I think 100% yes. And that brings me back to my point about Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has ignored Matt Canada's progress or lack thereof for three years now. And now we've hit a point again where his best game is in those moments. You know, like even when Ben Roethlisberger was around, it was like, okay, all you got to do is keep the game close enough so that Ben could go and win it in a two-minute drill. Kenny Pickett could go in in a two-minute drill. Clearly, Matt Canada knows what he's doing with those two-minute drills, doesn't really know what he's doing with the rest of it. Mike Tomlin has ignored that time and time and time again and just continued to say, we have faith in this guy and we'll be fine and everything will work out fine, and Matt Canada knows what he's doing. How long are you going to go before you know it becomes an issue with Kenny Pickett? And again, I don't think that's going to be the case, but right now, Kenny Pickett's only good at this, you know, and he's got to be good at everything. And the farther you go into the season, the more you worry that – but I also, I will say this, I will, you know, just to, because I don't want to be bagging on Kenny too much, because I think that it is too early to start freaking out. My problem with Kenny, or my thoughts with Kenny are, he showed us that he could do everything all preseason long, and all training camp long, and even at the end of last season a little bit. So it's all there. It's just about putting it on the field on game days. I'm kind of, you know, the more I watch that game, kind of putting it on Matt Canada to say, you know, Maybe you should do a couple of things to like help your quarterback out a little bit. Calm the nerves, I think, is a huge thing. Is like it kind of felt like Kenny was out there by himself and like it was just like, okay, you figure it out because nobody else is helping you out. That's interesting. So I, I do agree with you. Like there is a point where work ethic only takes you so far. And like we yeah. can, you know, at a certain point, if a guy's trying really hard and he still stinks, like that, that tells yeah, you what Tim you Tebow. need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you I'm know. not comparing Kenny Pickett to Tim Tebow, but Tim Tebow is yeah. the you know, first-round no, yeah. pick just solely based off of the fact that that guy outworked everybody in the world. Well, I think he was pretty talented, too. But yeah, that's... yeah but not as a quarterback. Sure. Um, oh. <laughs> I, he was like a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was a pretty good Not player. as an like... NFL quarterback. I'll say that. Sure. I, Tim Tebow is my favorite college player of all time. I think he's a stud, but he doesn't have the NFL arm. You know, like yeah. he never had the NFL arm. Yeah. But uh, anyway, like it's it's... Lost my train of thought, but it's it's good that yeah, it's like it's good that Kenny works, but like you know, at a certain point, if a guy keeps working and he still like isn't up to snuff, then he's just yeah. not an NFL quarterback. Like you said, we're a long way from from that being Kenny's problem, but it is something you got to start thinking about because we hear a lot about his his work ethic and the results haven't always backed up. You know what you think what you think the work ethic should be. I, I was just wondering, could you like elaborate a little bit more on what you know on that Matt Canada part of it and like how yeah. he's not you know like what what were you kind of seeing that made you believe that, that Canada could do a little bit more for his quarterback? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm not trying to put blame on, on Matt Canada because I think that the I think that the opportunities were there for Kenny Pickett in the offense. Like yeah. I think Kenny had plenty of shots to make passes that keep this team in the game. Like uh, probably like a dozen of them where it was just like, oh, you complete that pass. This drive is still alive. You know, could change the whole game. Um, and a lot of them were early, too. But as Kenny started getting more rattled, and you saw it, like Kenny, Kenny somehow got worse throughout the game. Like he didn't at no moment were you just like, oh, Kenny's getting better outside of that two minute drill. Matt Canada at no point made like a decision. There was never a play call where it was like, okay, let's just 
take some pressure away from Kenny Pickett. There was never like, there were never like quick comebacks for Deontay Johnson. There were never, you know, like crossing routes for George Pickens or screen passes for Najee Harris. I mean, there was, there were a few here and there, like one or two, but like a lot of the passes that should have been easy. A lot of the moments where Kenny should have been able to kind of exhale, you know what I'm saying? Like to find an easy rhythm in the game. Those plays were a screen pass to Calvin Austin that wasn't going anywhere. And then another screen pass to Calvin Austin that wasn't going anywhere. You know, like it, it, there was never a moment where it was just like, okay, maybe instead of trying to go win the game right now and get yourself back into everything, you just complete a pass. Let's just complete a pass, you know, and then maybe we complete another pass. And there just was, there was none of that. And that's what Deontay, like Deontay Johnson's the most open wide receiver in football. And there were, it's because of those, nobody could get out of a break as fast as he could ever. And I don't know, like, you know, maybe Matt saw something differently than I did, but you want to know what Deontay does best? A, a comeback. That's what he does best. You know, plant your foot, come back. You got three steps on the guy. There's eight yards. You know, that's, that's what, that's what Deontay does best. There were almost none of those. Like there were no moments where it was like, Nope, there's a quick pass to Deontay. Beautiful. You know, here's a slant to George. Beautiful. Once they started falling behind, the game plan became deeper and deeper. Like it was like, we gotta hit, we gotta hit passes that are 20 yards deep every single time. We gotta get ourselves back in the ball game. You know, completely avoided the run, got rid of the run completely in the second half. And just, you know, there just wasn't just like I said, there wasn't those passes where it was like, let's just get Kenny to calm down for a second. It was always just like, you got to get a, you got to get back in the game. Like, what are you doing? You got to get back in the game. And I think that put way too much pressure on him. Yeah, I, I do. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I think there was even like there was at least one Deontay comeback route that I can remember where he actually ended up running after the catch for like a bunch of yards. I think it was yeah. in the second half sometime like and that's that's the kind of thing like you got to hit a few singles before you can hit a grand slam. And exactly. I understand the reason that they were that they were kind of not panicking, but, you know, felt a sense of urgency. And especially in that second half, like you, you fall behind, what was it? 10, 10, nothing or 14, nothing. It was four. I think it was 14, nothing real fast. Yeah. It was two scores before you could even blink. So you were playing at a disadvantage from there, but yeah, if you're, if you're trying to mount a comeback like that, you can't try to make it all up in, in one play. And that, that puts an unfair load on, on Kenny's, on Kenny's half. And I, I, I get yeah. that. So yeah, and that was something I think Tomlin identified yesterday too in his press conference was just that they looked like a group where that was in a – I forget what his exact phrasing was, but he's like he, – we looked like a team that was in front of a loud crowd for the first time or yes. in front of the bright lights for the first time. That, that's what I think you could see. They seemed a little – I don't want to say overwhelmed by the moment, but it, it, they just did seem a little overwhelmed, I think, especially on offense to to start out. Yeah, they seem, and it was, I mean, it was justified. Like this was by, it was crazy how, like it was a San Francisco home game. As wild as that is, it was a San Francisco home game. And I get it. Like, you know, San Francisco is way better than they appear. Like way, way better. Like San Francisco, if they don't go win the Super Bowl, I'm going to (laughs) be shocked, you know, because this team is ridiculous. Um, But that's just like you said, they were rattled and there were just no moments where it calmed down. But just to go, you know, full circle here. That's what, you know, when it comes to Tomlin giving into the effort, I want to see that across the board. You know what I mean? Stop stop making excuses for guys. I understand the football justice thing when it comes to Kenny Pickett. Cool. But, 
you know, for right now, you kind of have to acknowledge like Kenny Pickett was so rattled in that game that it's clear that you have to find a way to unrattle this guy. You know, you have to find a way to calm it down because he's not going to be able to do that on his own. That comes down to your offensive coordinator. I think there's got to be some some blame on that one. What's up, guys? I have super exciting news to share with you. We have merchandise from T-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, and nutties, and plenty of designs from Pickens to Picket, Mooth, Bleed Black and Gold, and of course, all of your All Steelers talk gear, all available at blackandgoldapparel.myspreadshop.com or on the store tab at our YouTube page. We cannot thank you guys enough. We would not be here without each and every one of you. And it feels awesome to be able to represent the AST brand and to spread that representation out to all of Steelers Nation. We know that you guys and us, we are one, and this has been one hell of a ride. Again, we cannot thank you guys enough. Check out everything at blackandgoldapparel.myspreadshop.com or on the YouTube page or the store tab, excuse me, on our YouTube page to get all your AST gear and whatever T-shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, nudies, coffee mugs that you're thinking. Again, thank you guys. In the game, there were two major injuries that the Pittsburgh Steelers are dealing with. Obviously, everybody knows about Cam Hayward and Deontay Johnson. Let's start with Cam Hayward, who's expected to be down eight weeks as he undergoes surgery for a groin injury, probably going to end up on short-term IR. This is a huge blow for the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously. This is a guy that, I mean, that defense could be as good as you want on paper. You remove three guys, and those three guys are Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and Minka Fitzpatrick, and it's it's a totally different group than it was beforehand. That is a guy that is nearly impossible to replace. There have been some names that are tossed out there. Mike Tomlin said it'll be a collective effort. Isaiah Loudermilk, DeMarvin Leal, Keanu Benton. Who do you think starts for the Pittsburgh Steelers in week two at that defensive tackle position? Yeah, I think Keanu Benton has to be yep. probably at the top of that list. I thought he played pretty well against the Niners. Like he had some he had some nice plays there. He seems to be kind of building some momentum a little bit as they went through training camp and, and through the preseason and then started the regular season. So it's a lot to kind of put on his plate right away, but you know, they don't really have many other, op- well, that's not true. Actually. I think they have some options, but yeah, this seems like their best one. Um, yeah. they're like their, their highest, you know, potential to make an impact right away, especially when you think about, you know, who they're facing this week. Um, it's a big physical challenge. And I think Benton is the one, I mean, Benton are like maybe Braden Fahoka, like Fahoka will get some more time. I don't know. I don't think he's, necessarily a starting candidate but like they're gonna need some size up front you know they're gonna need big boy like they're gonna need true nose tackles like big boys up front to to stop like nick chubb and and the rest of that running game so i I feel like benton's probably your best bet yeah me too and and if we're being honest like i expect Braden fogo to get called up from to get elevated from the practice squad but i think he should be starting a nose tackle like i think against nick chubb just like you said against this running team you don't. Montrevious Adams is a pass rusher. He's he's by no means a run stuffer. Slam Braden Fajoko right in the middle and say, "Hey, you are the biggest body we have." Yeah, take up some space. Take up some space. Keanu, I agree with you. I think Keanu Benton starts at defensive tackle. I think that's your best option. I think Isaiah Loudermilk plays a lot in this game. Yeah. But moving forward, I think that's a mix. Like I think him and Demarvin Leal allow you to have a mix and match game against the personnel that you're facing. Like DeMarvin Leal's a pass rusher. Isaiah Loudermilk's a run stuffer. Those two work hand in hand very well off the bench. 
Keanu Benton's just a stud. You know what I mean? He just does it all. And he does it all very smooth, and he looks very good. And he's a second-round pick. You know, like you should expect good things pretty early from this guy. I think he does get the starting job, um, and I feel I feel very confident. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to feel very confident in him too. But, yeah, I don't think Montrevious Adams played very well. I, did, I don't think Armand Watts is like – I mean, he's looked good, but – he didn't play at all. Like, he wasn't even active, and right. it's tough to say whether or not, you know, he deserves to be active in this game. I'm calling Braden Fogo up, and I'm saying, all right, buddy, go be Casey Hampton, you know? Go, <laughs> just go stand there, you know? Just right. go just go clog up the middle and don't let anybody run up the middle. Force him to the side. We got Larry Ogunjobi, and we got Keanu Benton there, and everything will be just fine. And then put Montrevious Adams in there on passing downs, and I think right. that works way better. But yeah. I agree. I think Keanu Benton's going to be there, and I actually I'm very excited to see what the rookie can do this early because that's where he's going to that's where he's going to play. That's the future of Keanu Benton. It's not as a nose tackle. It's to eventually replace Cam Hayward and be the defensive tackle long term for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's where he's that's where he's going to end up. There is a name out there that has been tossed around by uh, some, including myself, and that name is J.J. Watt. Obviously, everybody's going to talk about him, and then people are going to ignore this completely and say, well, well what, are we going to put him on IR, too? I love that joke, actually, as it came out yesterday. I think that there have been a lot of times where we've talked about J.J. Watt joining the Pittsburgh Steelers, tons of them. And every single time, it's like, yeah, that would be super cool. This is the first time that I actually think this makes a lot of sense. Like, there's almost nothing in me that says, why would you not give – J.J. Watt a call. I'm not saying it works out perfectly. I'm just saying you are trying to replace Cam Hayward. The best option to replace Cam Hayward is another Hall of Fame caliber player in J.J. Watt. The guy's not going to come out of retirement for anybody else. Like, he's just not. He's not going to come out of the retirement for the Houston Texans. He's not going to come out of retirement for the Arizona Cardinals. He's not going to come out of retirement for another team that's fighting for a Super Bowl. You're telling me that Mike Tomlin and T.J. Watt give this guy a call and say, hey, dude, we need you to start for eight weeks, and then we need you to you know, kind of come off the bench and help us as a collective the back half of the season. Why are you saying no to that? You know, like, why are you what? It's not like this guy's five years retired. He retired six months ago. Why are you why would you say no to that situation? I yeah, I, I don't think the Steelers would say no to that situation, but <laughs> I, I think your bigger issue is whether or not jj watt would say yes to that situation I mean, like yeah. doesn't he have a pretty cushy like i forgot i don't know who he works for now but he has like some he owns job. a soccer team i'm pretty sure well doesn't he work in like media too i thought i saw something oh, from... yeah 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 cbs he works with bill cower yeah yeah so he's got kind of a cushy job he can actually like see his family now he so i just don't i don't understand i can't really see a reason why jj watt would be like you know yeah let me i, I and you know maybe he's of the same breed is Tom Brady where he just needs football so bad and he doesn't know it yet. But yeah, but I don't know. Like I, I look at these like guys who've retired and like gone on to do like media or do like, you know, color commentary. And I'm like, wow, that sounds, that seems like the best job in the world. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he's getting paid pretty well for it. So yeah, the Steelers would love that. I think, I think that would be maybe not, as ideal as it could get right now, if you could yeah. just sign JJ Watt to replace Cam Hayward, but I man, I don't, I, I don't, I can't really think of a reason why JJ would, unless he just has some like you know playoff or Super Bowl itch that he has been 
He's never gotten you know, the opportunity. He's yeah, never he's gotten... been dying to scratch. Like, but even that seems like a, he wouldn't have retired. I think if he wasn't comfortable with that, with where his career was and what he had accomplished. Okay, so I agree with you. I agree with you. I think J.J. Watt is very comfortable enjoying life the whole nine. I'm just saying that you don't think that of all the possibilities that are possibly out there, and I get it. Like, you know, you retired already. You know, you were cool with what was going on. You were, you've accepted this and you've embraced it fully. But if your brother gives you a call, because this was not foreseen. When he retired, the Pittsburgh Steelers did not need J.J. Watt. They didn't even need to consider J.J. Watt. You're telling me that you get an opportunity to go play with your brother in Pittsburgh, who he has said has regretted that he didn't sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers to get an opportunity to play with his brother in 2021 because TJ was going through the contract stuff and he didn't want to take some money away from TJ. You're telling me that you make that phone call. You say, hey, come on, we got a team. Especially, you know what I mean? What if Pittsburgh goes off on Monday? What if they beat the Cleveland Browns by 25 points? And we're sitting here and we're like, well, they're back. The Pittsburgh Steelers are back. Here it is. You're telling me that, that there's no part of J.J. that's going to think about it? That's going to be like, ooh, that does sound enticing. You know? Coming from a guy who actually does want to, you know what I mean? Like, win a, like if it was me and you, yeah, I'd be like, dude, I lifted legs yesterday. My, I, I, my whole body hurts somehow. I'm not going to do Like, I wouldn't even go for a run right now if my brother was like, hey, I got an opportunity. We're going to do something amazing. I'd be like, no, dude, I'm sitting on a couch. Get out of here. This guy, these people are built different. You think there's, you're telling me there's no, there's no possibility there. Uh, maybe not no possibility, but it's like 90, 10. Like it is, <laughs> well, it, come on, like seriously, like I, I'm not, I, I, I am, I am a non-believer. I, I, I don't believe in this. I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> saying that I like, yeah, I, I think JJ, like, you know, a call from TJ would make him think about it a little bit more, but like, yeah. But how much and like where are we starting from in terms of like what his interest is, you know? Probably zero. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because also, if they like in that situation you've outlined, if they blow out the Cleveland Browns, well, why why would they need JJ Watt? <laughs> like that would be they need they blow out the Cleveland Browns, but you know you need you have a clear hole at defensive tackle. That that's <laughs> yeah. You get run on for two hundred fifty <laughs> yards, but you but you still yeah. win. That's you put okay. Sixty points. Yeah. You know, you, it's like a 40 to 21 game. All yeah. Nick Chubb goes for 320, three touchdowns, but he gets mm-hmm. gassed, you know, so yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's the issue. Uh-huh. I look at, I, you're very logical in this situation. I, I'm glad because I'm, I'm going to say it's more realistic than ever. You're dreaming. You're dreaming. I am. Yeah. I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. And I look at I just think that they're like if you know, if somebody called us and was like, Hey, you wanna go try to win a Super Bowl with your brother for six months? I'd be like, Cool. Yeah, let's give it a shot. You know, let's let's see what happens. He could retire again at week eight, you know, and just they go win a Super Bowl, there's his ring, he gets it, he he played half the season. That's all you need. That's all you need. I just I'm glad that you said no because I would have ran. <laughs> I would have been like, "That's it, man! It's coming. He's coming yeah. to Pittsburgh. It's it's about to happen." Save that for your next to go, and then I put it out yesterday. Don't worry. Oh, okay, good. Don't good, worry. Good. Immediately, as soon yeah. as as soon as Cam Hayward's injury happened, I was like, "Yeah, nah." JJ Watt's coming to Pittsburgh. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. I will say that I agree with you that it is very unlikely, but I will I will I'm gonna stand by my guns and say that. Of all the times that we've talked about J.J. Watt joining the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is hands down the scenario mm-hmm. that makes that that 
could happen far beyond the rest of them. Like it, this is the time. Well, it really just, it really sucks that the, so I think the Seahawks lost to the Rams on that, that Aaron Donald trade is a, uh, Oh, uh, yeah, Potential is not, yeah, no, not looking wow, good Wow, that's right another now. one. Why are we not talking about Aaron Donald? I, I don't know. I thought you would have been all over that one, too, but, you know. I didn't even think about Aaron Donald. Why not call Aaron Donald? Why not call Aaron Donald? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Why would you not call Aaron? This is, but that's a week eight thing. You know what I mean? That's a, mm. that's a, that's a three weeks in, you know, Cam's not really looking the greatest. The surgery went, went poorly. Things are, because. You know, the 33rd team released something the other day from a doctor and like, you know, no disrespect to anybody who's out there who's a doctor at all. I just think it's very difficult to evaluate how, how long somebody's going to miss time if you are if you didn't see any like you have as much knowledge as me and you right. about what actually happened to this guy. And you're like, ah, oh, he's probably going to be out the whole season. That's probably going to be it. what happened. But, you know, they, they were very persistent about how it could be more of a more of a serious injury than we believe. If Cam's got to miss some serious time, man, we get close to that trade deadline. The Rams aren't going to be good all season. You know, they maybe the nope. Geno Smith magic died. That's fine. Aaron Donald, that could be a thing. <laughs> Aaron Donald could be a thing. We'll talk about that on Friday. No doubt. We'll there dive we into good old Aaron Donald. I like that one. Man, can't believe I didn't think Aaron Donald. All <laughs> right. The other position the Pittsburgh Steelers are dealing with, wide receiver. Deontay Johnson expected to miss four weeks with a hamstring injury. Obviously tough. The guy led the the Steelers in receiving the last, I think, two seasons, three seasons now. He's clearly their wide receiver one. It is officially George Pickens, Calvin Austin, and Allen Robinson time. Mike Tomlin said that Gunnar Olszewski will also be in the mix. Miles Boykin will also be in the mix, but he was in a walking boot on Monday. You think that's enough? Like, you look at this situation, I mean, you know, you lose Calvin Austin and that stinks. You lose Allen Robinson and that stinks. Use Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I feel like that is a massive blow to this offense. Do they have enough, you know, firepower? You think that these trio is able to replace what the Pittsburgh Steelers do with Deontay Johnson? I think they'll be able to fill in and do enough. Um, you know, I think you think about the 49ers game and they didn't get really any chance to use the run game at all. Um, they were just so one-dimensional and that made things a lot harder in the passing game made them look probably a lot more ineffectual than they would be in a normal game. Um, So I think going forward, you'll be able to, I mean, just don't go down by two score, don't go down by two (laughs) touchdowns right away. And, and this offense will be a little bit more balanced and you'll be able to lean on Najee and Jalen a little bit more. And that will take a ton of pressure off. Like obviously like this receiving core is not as good without Deontay Johnson as it is with it. So I think, when you talk about how you're going to replace what you're going to replace Deontay in that lineup, it's, I think more about leaning on the run game a little bit more and then, you know, counting on Calvin and George and Allen Robinson to do just enough. Like Allen Robinson's going to have to do a little bit more. Calvin Austin's going to have to do a little bit more, but it's not like they are going to have to collectively become Deontay. Like Calvin's not going to have to become Deontay in order for this team to be successful. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And as crazy as it is, I think that George Pickens is going to play a little bit more of a Deontay Johnson role than hmm. anybody else. Like, I don't think he's got the same skill set, but I do think that he has, like, he's just going to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, Deontay yeah, Johnson plays in. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Like, the Deontay Johnson is a, 
is the reliable X. You know what I mean? And in Pittsburgh, playing the X is is weird. Like it is, you must be open at all times. Your route tree is so specific, and you have to be so good at that route tree. George Pickens has never had a route tree in his life in Pittsburgh. It is. <laughs> it, see that touchdown? Run as fast and as far as you possibly can to get there. We're going to see if we can throw that ball up. And, you know, chances are we aren't. But the next play, you're going to do the same thing again. I think George has the skill set to actually run some routes and be an open receiver. And he has the hands, you know, like I think that's the biggest thing is Calvin Austin's going to be the middle of the field. I think you could utilize him a lot in the middle of the field. I think Allen Robinson could bounce outside a little bit, but I think Calvin Austin could also play outside just, you know, in what way I'm not totally sure yet because in college it was a lot of like Calvin go like just run. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to beat him. Just run. And I think that it's the easiest for the Pittsburgh Steelers to replace Calvin Austin, George Pickens with Calvin Austin, and Deontay Johnson with George Pickens and say, this is how we'll, will operate. I think it's a huge opportunity for George Pickens. Like, I think that this is, there's so much conversation that we've had about whether or not Deontay or George or, or is their wide receiver one and who's the superstar and what our expert expectations are for George Pickens. I mean, this is, this is as good as it gets. You get four weeks to say, Hey, I am Kenny Pickett's top target. I am the best wide receiver on the field right now. I'm the guy that he's going to look to. He's got more chemistry with me than anybody else on this football field. I mean, like it, this is the be. This is either you know you're going to be start to become Justin Jefferson, or you're going to kind of sit as that wide receiver too, and kind of struggle. And all off season long, or, or all summer long, all he talked about and all Frisman Jackson talked about was how he's trying to catch a ball, take it sixty. You're going to get those opportunities in this game. That's what I, I I I truly believe. This is huge opportunity for George Pickens. Yeah, absolutely. Like if he is a. If he's a guy with wide receiver one potential, we're going to find out over these next, what is it, four weeks, four I think. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're absolutely going to see if he's capable of doing that. I also don't think you can sleep on, you know, Pat Fryermuth, you know, yeah. becoming a bigger yeah. part of that. I think he's a guy with another huge opportunity, too. I think that's a guy that you got to watch as well. He's still going to have like his red zone role and stuff, but yeah. to get down the field, he's going to be, going to have to be a much bigger part of this offense as well. So, you know, you lose, you lose a great talent like on the outside, but I think they've got enough pieces kind of collectively. But but like you said, I think you do also have to assume that George. I don't. I guess you could would call it taking a step forward because that's like a yeah. role that he hasn't been in is just like high volume of catches and targets of targets and catches, and then because that just wasn't like he was one or two big plays a game. Yep. You know, it wasn't you know, possession receiver, get us down the field like like Deontay kind of was. Exactly, exactly. Huge opportunity. Uh, there's another name that has made a pitch. If we're going to talk J.J. Watt, if we're going to talk Aaron Donald, we might as well talk Antonio Brown, who tossed it on Twitter. I was waiting all day for the tweet. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Like, as soon as Deontay Johnson was ruled out, I was like, oh, well, Antonio Brown's got to be sitting around. He's already got to have the photo ready. Um, who tweeted out a photo of him in an Antonio, or him in a, yeah, in an Antonio Brown jersey. Him in a Steelers uniform. Saying, hey, are the Steelers uh are the Steelers need a, a wide receiver? No chance, obviously, that A B would ever come back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Love that he tried, obviously. You know. I respect but, the hustle. Yeah, I respect right? the hustle. This is like I mean, this is kind of like I have two things to compare it to. First is like the Le'Veon like levels of like 
Oh, every time some running back gets injured or something, Le'Veon would be like, "Oh, th- this team needs a needs a player." Like I'm healthy, like you. Yep. It's like okay, why don't you take the hint? Like you've been healthy for a while, and like you. <laughs> but it's you also like, unhealthy yesterday, you know. Nobody right, signed it. right, and but it's also kind of like you know, for a while, like when like Carmelo Anthony was like a free agent, like yes. just yeah, like Sports Center or whatever would tweet like a Photoshop of him and some like random like. Like oh could could Carmelo Anthony turn the Jazz around or something like it was, it, it it's just like that kind of level of like okay we need to let go of this uh, of this at some point so like I I respect the hustle from Antonio Brown but I think he should also another guy should maybe take the hint at some point yeah take the hint I don't I'm I don't even know but like chances are he's on an NFL exempt list somewhere trying to. You know, like there's going to be some some suspended conversation going on if he ever did sign with the team. I don't know how the drug tests work in the NFL anymore. I know that they've changed, but I have a hard time believing Antonio Brown's going to pass a drug test. Yeah, there's just uh, there's no chance. But there were the memes, the memes afterwards. Oh, they were great. They were hilarious. So the uh, the my favorite was obviously him like running out of the Jets stadium. Actually, my favorite was before he tweeted that out of him running out of the Jets stadium. And it said the only person who the the only the only person who came close to a shorter game with the Jets are in MetLife Stadium than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and it was Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, uh, there's, but there's no chance. I do love the, like you said, love the hustle. Love Antonio Brown and uh, everything that he offers to really us, you know, nobody yeah. else. But, you know, he's always, always a good time. Um, but shout out AB, you know, one day, maybe, probably not. Go play in the, in the Arena Football League. Is he still... That's still not. I I like. I bet the Arena Football League would like shoot him on side if he tried to like come to a game again. (laughs) Like he's. I I don't think I don't think anyone in the Steelers can copy. I bet the Arena Football League and the Albany Empire hate Antonio Brown more than anyone else hates Antonio Brown. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But he, you know, he ran some things. Did you hear the story about him at a cigar? I think it was a cigar lounge, maybe a strip club. I don't know where he threw the gun on the players. He he was like some guy. They like. I guess one of the players passed away or something. I don't know that that full story, but there was like a memorial tweet, like social media post up about the player. It was taken down. The players on the team got pissed, showed up to talk to AB about it at a cigar lounge. I'm pretty sure it was a cigar lounge. So I just picture AB just smoking a stogie. Mm-hmm. And I guess it turned into a little bit of a confrontation. He looked at the guy that was with him, and he was like, I don't remember what type of gun it was, but he was like, we still got that in the car? Go get it. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, man. This is. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Antonio Brown ran a, he, like, he he ran a what not to do, like, HR seminar, like, during his entire time as Albany Empire owner. He was just. Oh, you're running a business. Do you want to know what not like to do to your employees? Like, you know, withhold their pay, uh, confront them (laughs) at cigar bars and threaten to bring guns out on them. Like that's. Yep. And then in the middle of it, just shut it all down, man. And then he's like, you know, this stinks. Then he's just like, I'm tell everybody you're going to show up for work and then don't show up for work. That's that's the biggest one. Yeah. Good old AB, man. Good old AB. There'll be more. But good opportunity for George Pickens. Good opportunity for Calvin Austin and for. uh Allen Robinson. Yeah, let's rope this all back in some actual football. Let's yeah, see yeah, yeah. Go full circle here. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and find us anywhere 
that you get your podcast. As the week approaches, make sure to check out everything at allsteelers.com. And as the backyard brawl approaches for the Pitt Panthers, find all that coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Friday. Enjoy a beautiful fall day in the Berg. Peace.